welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. A prophetic word from my dad when I was just two. And it was a verse of the Bible that he decided to choose. And some people here in this auditorium will have done this when their children were born. They chose a verse that they decided would be their child's life verse. And I have known it and I can quote it and I have loved it. And to be perfectly honest, I have walked for the last 40 plus years living out its fulfillment. And up until last year, the end of last year, I would have preached a message and I still fully believe that the power of the positive word of God spoken over your children absolutely influences and shapes the direction of their life. But as I was pondering on this particular passage because the Holy Spirit took me back to it, he said, I want you to study this out and step into it, which was a challenging thought. Because I had prior to this thought, I am living this. I am walking in the word my father confessed over me 40 years ago, and my life is a testament to it. And yet the Holy Spirit literally said, because I was pondering and thinking and planning on 2024, at the end of 2023, going, what is it you want me to do, Lord, in the next? What is it you want to do with my life? What is the next step? And he took me all the way back to the first word and said, I want you to study this out and step into it. Now, for those of you who are waiting to find out what this particular scripture is, we're actually, I'm going to share from the passage that this scripture comes from today. And so for those of you who love to bring your physical Bibles, who's a physical Bible person? Or oh, we got some physical Bibles. Who loves to do digitally? Give, me, give your phone a wave. I want you to open it up today. Get it ready. If you have not got either of these things because you're not aware of them, I would encourage you to do so. So just shimmy over to the person next to you and go, how do you get access to that on your phone? Or how do I get my hands on a Bible? We'd love to give you one after the service today if you don't own one. Because... The Word of God is life. Everything that you need on this planet is found in it. It's not just a good book. It's not also just wisdom. It is life. I'm telling you now, it's not just life to your spirit, man. It is life to your bones. And you can tell even in your physical body if you've been starving it for a time. And so I'd encourage you, if this is not something that you regularly read, that you open your words today, open your Bible. If the person beside them has got their phone open and you don't know how to do that, right now you've got full permission to create conversation. Say, show me how. What app is it? How do I do this? We're going to open this morning to Joshua 1. Would everybody open Joshua 1 this morning if you've got that? And I am going to read... A portion of scripture and then share what it is that the Holy Spirit began to show me at the end of last year. I have to open mine up, sorry, because I had to open it up to Marie's scripture. But 
Here we go. Joshua 1, I'm going to start in verse 1 this morning. It says this, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. That's a great start to the chapter. Also seems a little bit abrupt, right, if we're thinking about it in today's context. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river and the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea towards the going down the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you in all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you and I will not forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give you. To give them, sorry. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the passage I want to break apart this morning. The verse my father, or the verses my father gave me when I was a child was verses 8 and 9. But as I began to read this passage, the Holy Spirit just impressed on me what it is we are yet to step into. I am so grateful that the prophetic word that my father confessed over my life was that this book of the law shall be on my lips day and night and I will meditate on it day and night and I will not depart from it and so I'm to be strong and courageous. And so to be perfectly honest, I put down my personality to this verse. But to be bold or sanguine or loud is not to possess the land. There is a stepping into that is required. And Gray uh, spoke a message last week that if you missed this, I'd really encourage you to access this on any of the forums that you love to listen to our streaming. Uh, for he preached a message on the what equals faith which is, this is definitely an extension of that message. And even Rach, in her generosity this morning, spoke about how we have to trust and obey God to be able to step into and access all that God has for us. And do you know, as I was meditating on this particular chapter, I was reminded of many years ago, uh, Gray and I had the privilege and have had the privilege of walking alongside and uh, mentoring or raising or being a part of people's leadership journeys. And 
At the time we had under our care a young man who I in my life had never encountered somebody who had received more prophetic words than this young man. He had received the word that he would influence young people uh, in youth ministry to the most huge levels over and over and over again. You know the people that when you go to a Christian conference annoy you because they always get picked out? He was this guy. At every single youth camp, at every single youth leaders meeting, at every single... He didn't even used to sit on the front. And they'd be like, fourth row back, third one in, stand up. There is a call of God on your life to young people. And you are going to influence thousands and thousands of young people. And I remember Gray and I just shaking our head like, he, God is like going, come on, come on. There is something. And I, I remember while walking on this journey with this young person, the frustration I felt every single time a prophet would stand and say that over this young person. Because on team during the week, it would be waved in our faces. I'm supposed to be because God has said this. And everything is just blocking it. You know, every leader or every you know, I, I don't get to do this or I'm not allowed to preach or uh, all of this stuff. And I, for years I've wrestled, why God did you give so many prophetic words to this young person? And yet, then they were like, in all honesty, a headache in the background to do anything, like more small menial tasks like Show up on time to youth ministry. <laughs> Not kidding. <laughs> right? Anything. I found it super frustrating, and yet then I found it right here in the beginning of the passages at Joshua. And I realized that this is this particular thing that I'd wrestled with or um, struggled over this with this particular young person was not solely about him. It was a, for every single one of us. Right at the beginning of the passage, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord, sorry, the servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, and says this, Moses, my servant, is dead. This is a remarkable and stunning statement. Sometimes God tells us things we know about but refuse to admit why is that line in there? Why did God have to say to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead? I'm fairly sure being his assistant and leading thousands and thousands of Israelites in that time, and now it is without a leader, if there is anybody more aware that Moses is dead, it's Joshua. Up until this point, if you aren't aware of the story, God's people, who are called the Israelites, are wandering a desert. So in an amazing, remarkable, miraculous story, God takes the people who have been enslaved for 400 years in Egypt, and with his mighty hand and so many miraculous miracles, it has made an, a wonderful movie. They 
are rescued out and led by this man Moses into a desert and they've been wandering a desert for 40 years. Now, for those of you who've never studied this before, geographically, they could have made it in a couple of weeks, legitimately. They could have made the trek and the transition in a number of weeks from where they were into the land because when Moses called them out and said, come follow me, he said, I'm taking you to a land that God has promised us. This could have happened in a really short time, but for 40 years, they've wandered. I have a little bit of a laugh when I imagine it. Did they do circles of a couple of meters? Like, or did they set up like blocks like we have it? like in suburbs, and they just wanted it. I'm going from Caboolture to Belmere this week. But then, I don't like it, so I'm going back to Caboolture. Like, what did they do? It was not that great a distance that they needed to wander it for 40 years. This is what Gray's message last week alluded to. When God promises us things, and he has promises for every single one of us, it does require something of us. To operate in faith and possess all that God has for us, to operate in faith and possess all that God has for you, it is going to require you stepping in faith into it. And the truth is, is stepping in faith involves two things, obedience and trusting God with it. And this is the formula that Gray unpacked last week that I've discovered keep so many people from all that God has for them. And as I was studying this passage and going, what are you saying here, Lord, that you're saying, I want you to step into this This is the call for us as a church this year. The call is to this year. I'm not surprised that the word last week, when we've never spoken about it, I'm not surprised that the word brought during generosity today, even though we've not spoken about it, is all echoing the same prophetic words when it says, would you obey and would you put your trust in God? The wrestle today is that we as humanity are looking to do the bare minimum. We do this in every area of our lives. We do the bare minimum that we are required to do. We look for the easiest road to do as opposed to taking the harder step of faith. And that's because usually... Like Rachel explained this morning, it doesn't make sense or it feels secure or we are, it's something that is familiar to us. It's somewhat safe because we know it. I think about some of the things that have happened in this time in the Bible. The Israelites have seen things they have never seen before. For you and I, many of us, we have not seen the things that they saw. For instance, does anybody have over themselves right now 
like a cloud like Olaf following them around. I don't have a cloud. I went to North Queensland with Graham for the last three weeks and I would have appreciated a cloud. Keeping me shaded from the sun. They had a cloud. Does anybody here today admit to receiving bread every morning that drops from heaven and comes to their front door? Is anybody getting... I don't even know if they deliver bread from companies to your front door anymore. Is anybody here ever struck a rock and had water gush out of it? Just checking. Has anybody, I, I think that because this one happened a number of times, this is possible. Is there anybody here today that when you've stepped into a river, it parted and you were able to safely walk through? Nobody? Was there fire to guide you anywhere in your life? Or are we usually advised to stop, drop and roll? Some of the things that the Israelites saw were impossible to see. They were things, the, I would think about some of the miraculous they walked out of before the 40 years of wandering. Some of the things that they saw were so remarkable, surely you could simply obey and trust God. An entire river that you depend on for your water turns to blood. Anybody seen that lately? Or thousands and thousands of frogs appear from nowhere. Locusts eating up your vegetable gardens at the moment? Nothing? Has anybody had a household of boils in the last? They saw things that didn't make sense to our human minds and eyes and yet immediately went back to being, as we are today, sensible thinkers. <laughs> I loved how you said that this morning, Rach. Sensible thinkers. Limiting our lives to what we can possibly imagine. I don't think it's a mistake that right here at the beginning of the passage, the Lord says to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Because God is telling Joshua in this moment something that he knew but he was unwilling to admit. There's a next. There's more. And it's going to be different than the last. Do you know today I know, and this is what I've been praying on and believing on over the holiday period and why I brought the word in the lead moment last week about there being a double portion anointing over this house this year. After years of hardship and toil, God is actually pouring out an anointing that has never been seen before. And it can't be fathomed by our sensible natures. He is going to ask of us, not corporately, but individually, so it will reflect on us as a church in this community. He's going to ask of us some things we have never, ever seen before. He is going to ask of us things that we do not 
uh, we are not able to visualize or fathom. He's going to ask things of us that don't make sense because we've not heard it before. I have heard stories of people doing handstands beside vending machines to see people come to Christ because it was what was asked of them. It's audacious, it's ridiculous, it's different, and it's never before been done. But the truth is that then, what we often do is because it has been heard to be done, we deem it sensible, we go and try that exact same thing. That's not how God works. If he is the God of the impossible, but he works through us as conduits, he's going to ask of each and every one of us to take steps of faith this year to access all that he has for us. All. Do you know that's how we limit our lives? That's how we limit the call of God on our lives. That's how we limit all that he has for us. That's how we make limitations on our relationships. That's how we place limitations within our finances. That's why we have limitations when it comes to receiving healing. It's because we are using our sensible minds. We even have a phrase for it. It's called common sense. Which is articulating the bare minimum of what should be acceptable. But that's not the God we serve. The God we serve is a God of the impossible. The God we serve is a God who says, would you go and get jars from your neighbor? I'm going to fill your house with overflowing oil that it would literally clear your debts and set you up for your future. For those who are sitting here today and you are believing for financial freedom, are you willing to collect jars from your neighbours this week? It seems ludicrous, doesn't it? And yet, God is asking of us to do things that seem impossible. This is what faith is. I truly believe that 2024 is marked as a year of faith. A year where so many people are going to step into things that they have never before stepped into and step out of things they've never before stepped out of and never dared or dreamed or believed that they could have. But the reason why this statement is made right at the very beginning of this passage is that most often in a time of transition from year to year, or a time of moving from great hardship as the last number of years have been. I haven't met anybody who hasn't been marked by serious loss or pain in the last number of years. But what we all find with our sensible minds that we do in this is that we sit and we place ourselves in a space wondering what we are to do next. But this passage unpacks for us exactly what we are to do. I'm going to open this passage again for it so beautifully articulates God's formula of how to walk into our future in 2024 with faith. It says, Moses, my servant is dead. So now therefore arise. Now therefore stand up. Now therefore get ready to be moved. Today, 
I'm speaking to spirits. I'm speaking to addictions. Today I am speaking to people who have accepted and come into covenant with things in their worlds that they're saying, but I've always had or my family has always done whatever it is. I'm speaking to you and say, now it's time to arise. Arise. Go over this Jordan, which for context in that season was the silliest time of the year to cross the Jordan. At that time, it would have been quite swollen and uh, flowing quite raging. There were better seasons to cross. And yet he's saying right now, arise and cross over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving you. This is what I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to us as the church about today. Many of us take this time in the beginning of a new year to say, what next, Lord? And he's saying, would you do what I've asked you to do? 2024 is a year of stepping into what I've already asked you to do. Do you know there is something in my life, which I know I'm not going to out today because it's private between me and the Lord, but there is something in my world that for about 25 years I have wrestled with. And I have believed God. I've put it on a cross for deliverance in it, for freedom in it, for healing in it. 99% of my time, the prayer is for rescue in it. You know what I'm talking about because you have these areas in your world too. And they're the same areas you've been praying for, you walk your life and here is yet another battle and yet the battle might have different circumstances but it's the same thing. You know what I'm talking about. And as I was studying this word this year, the Holy Spirit just said to me, would you step into it? Mel, would you step into it? For so many years, I've just believed for the miracle you know, Jesus came to earth and saw the blind man and said, set free. I've been waiting for a male set free. But the truth is, is to walk a life in faith means to step into. Jesus didn't come when he came and free everybody of their stuff. He didn't heal everybody of their stuff. To my knowledge, and John can correct me on this, even publicly, he also didn't come and set anybody free financially. True. Oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Which means there is an action and a step of faith. Do you know your step of faith in 2024 and my step of faith in 2024 might possibly be something that God has been asking of us for a very long time? A very, very long time. The Israelites had been wandering a space that was not large enough to warrant a 40-year journey. That is a long time. For you sitting here today, if you are that age, you might go, that's a long time to wander. Maybe whatever it is you're dealing with, or you're facing, or the obstacle that seems impossible, 40 years has been exactly how long you've battled with this. I wonder if 2024 could not be a time that we get fed up and do something about it, but rather a moment in time where we say, God, 
I'm going to obey your word, trust in you, and step into it. Do you know later in the story, in, jo- in Joshua's story, he's got more impossible things that God asks of him. He's got things that are absolutely audacious and they're really, really large. Like he gets asked, for those who don't know the story, to lead this lot of people, spoiler alert, they do go to the land given to them, but to lead them around a city, just to walk around it a whole lot of times, quietly. Just, just to walk around. Puts the musicians out the front, but they're to be quiet. Ah, you heard, it's almost impossible. Because our part in fulfilling all that God has for us, like the Israelites' part or Joshua's part in leading the Israelites was to simply obey God in what he asked and trust that he will do all that needs to be done. Which usually then, for those of you who have had miraculous happen in your world in any area, happens in a way that you couldn't possibly brag that you were involved. Am I right? Because when we do step into something that God has asked of us, when we step into all that he has for us, with obedience and trust in him, normally the way that the miracle comes about, we could never have imagined. Because he is working on our behalf behind the scenes. I know we are out of time this morning, and so I want to just reassure you of a couple of things as we step into things in 2024. We must exercise the courage of faith in order to move forward with faith this year. And so to do this, I want to assure you or reassure you something beautiful from this passage that comes and is unfolded to Joshua that you can take as peace as you step into what God has for you this year. Firstly, he provides us with reassurance. It says, first, God reassures us of his provision. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads. God renews his covenant He reaffirms his commitment to us and he restates his provision of the land for them to inhabit. This is what he will do with you if you step out in faith this morning with whatever it is he's asked of you. What he has said to their previous leader or what he has previously said to you is still true. And just to be sure that Joshua got it, God spells out exactly the boundaries of the land he'd given to them in Joshua 1.4. Secondly, God reassures us of his promise. Just as I promised Moses, it says, God does not change. He is fully trustworthy. The very same possession promised to Moses, he now gives to Joshua. Just as I said to Moses, those must have been sweet, sweet words to Joshua. If you are wondering what it is you're supposed to be doing this year, why don't you have the audacity or the faith to say, God, what is it you have asked of me that I have not yet stepped into? And he will reaffirm this word. 
He had no reason to fear. Yes, Moses was dead, but Moses' God was still alive and all the promises and all the assurances and all the affirmations that God gave to Moses, he is now about to repeat to, jo to Joshua. Joshua could count on God just as Moses had. Their possession of the land was secure now as it ever was because God had said so. Thirdly, he reassures us of his protection as we step out in faith to what he has done. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. Any fears, they might have been put to rest in this moment of this statement from God. They can go forward boldly. Any new situations they may face should cause them no alarm. They would be invincible and untouchable. Nobody could overpower them for God had already told them. So when God commands us to exercise the courage of faith and move forward, He reassures us with His provision, His promise, His protection. And finally, He reassures us with His presence. I will be with you. Just as I was with Moses. Do you know, somebody needs to hear that today. He is with you. He has not forsaken you. He has not left you. There is nothing that you have done that has removed the love that God has for you. He created you and He is with you. It is a promise and He has held true to His promises. He cannot break His promises. He has not changed since these times that this was written in Joshua's story. He is still true today. He is with you. Under the under Moses' leadership, their shoes had not worn out. They had received food from heaven and water from a rock. The cloud shielded them by day and a pillar of fire gave them heat and light by night. God had been faithful despite their unfaithfulness. And God says, just as I've been with you for the past 40 years, so I will be with you for the next. I will not leave you and I will not forsake you. But go and take possession of the land that I have promised you. I want to say to you this morning, there are things in your life that God is saying this year, go, take possession of that that I promised you. Take possession of that. There are people sitting here today that He is saying, go and take possession of that ministry. He's been calling you for a long time. And last year at our youth camp, I was so marked by a statement that was thrown from the platform and it hit me and I've been saying it to my kids and I've been saying, I've been writing it in the top of my Bible that delayed obedience is still disobedience. And God is calling us now as we step in faith to take all the land that He has given us to possess, He's taking us through this journey of going, I'm going to just, like Rebecca say, I will go. Okay, I will go. Like Mary, when the angel comes to her and says, you will bear a son, He will be the Messiah. Okay, let it be done unto me. I will step into it. I will trust God and I will obey. I'm gonna ask us to do something really bold this morning.
because I'm going to close the service in a minute. I'm going to ask if this message has spoken to you and there has been areas of your life and these areas could be either way, either side of the pendulum. They could be things that God has asked you to possess, a call of God, things He's asked of you to do with your life. He could have given you an incredible idea. He might have called you to ministry. He might have called you to study and you have been delaying this obedience. And you've not stepped into all that God has for you in this area, whatever it is. But it could be the other side of the pendulum and it could be that you've not stepped in. You've been wandering with the barrier of disobedience in areas. Areas where you say, I feel so safe and secure in how I'm already operating. To let that go or to operate differently requires such change. If this message is spoken to you on either of those, I'm gonna ask you if you would boldly stand right where you sit today and take possession of the land that God has for you. This is a step of faith. Would you stand today and take possession of the land that God has for you? He promises that He is with you. He will never leave you. And He's saying today, today, He repeats it three times in the passage. Be bold and courageous. You have nothing to fear, for I will be with you wherever you go.